Welcome back to From the Backseat Football Podcast. It has been another frenetic weekend of Premier League football as we ramp up to the Qatari World Cup. Leeds and Bournemouth set up a classic as both sides were insistent on not winning. Liverpool turn up against Tottenham in their own backyard, so naturally we'll lose to Southampton next week at Anfield. And Arsenal double down on their fledgling title aspirations as they get one over Aubameyang at the bridge. It's nothing personal, mate. It's nothing personal. All that and more on today's podcast. As always, I'm joined by my co-host. It is the one, the only, Jack. <laughs> yeah. How are you, Jack? <laughs> I was tense, man. I was like, oh, God, what's going to say this time? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm in dreamland, mate, as you can probably tell. I am in dreamland. Um, yes, just a, a great weekend of football, as a neutral, but as an Arsenal fan too. Life is good, mate. Life is good. Life is very good. This could have been a bad weekend for us. and we, This could have been a really grumpy podcast, but instead, yeah. it's going to be very good. It's going to be very exciting. I feel the energy in myself is up already. I feel The ready. football gods have looked kindly on us. They really have yeah. this weekend. They really have. And there's a lot. There's a lot to go through. So we've got to try and cram an awful lot into that hour and a half. So let's just, let's get it, mate. Let's get it. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. You go. So... We don't want to be accused of being biased with, with the lineups, you know? We're trying to be neutral. So, first game, even though both our teams won in big games, I'm just saying, Leeds 4, Bournemouth 3. See how fair that is. It was the best game. We're so objective. I agree. I mean, you've got to do it. You've got to do it for just for the drama, the sheer drama in this game. Um, Leeds really. They they made it so hard for themselves after going one 0 up. <laughs> I just don't understand mm. why Leeds insisted on not being able to defend. That's what I don't get. That's what I don't get. <laughs> they just got caught on the break so many times. It could have been six four to be perfectly honest. Had Bournemouth been a bit more clinical, um, yeah, they just they can't they can't defend, mate. That's the one takeaway, the biggest takeaway that I've got from this. They can't defend, but they still won. I think big credit to Gary Neal. He just bypassed bypassed Leeds press yet again. He's, mate, he's a bit of a tactical tactical genius at times. <laughs> Underrated. Tactical genius, mate. <laughs> he's a tactical genius. That's probably that's probably too strong. But, you know, he just bypassed their press, just overloaded their defence with an extra midfielder, and Bournemouth just got in every time. You just think, like, that's, that reflects very badly on Jesse Marsh, that you can just do a long ball and get in every time. But, I completely agree. It was, like, four or five times, maybe probably more, to be honest, where they just got cut open by the long ball. Um, Tavernier as well I've got to mention him because he was looking so dangerous on the left hand side he either Rasmussen the Leeds right back is extremely slow or Tavernier is really <laughs> fast I cannot figure it out to be honest with you but he was just burning him every time um, and you know, a lot of it came through him if I'm not mistaken didn't he get you are not mistaken one not goal mistaken. two assists mate I'd say that, man of the match I think have to didn't he come from Rangers is that right in the summer I think I don't I don't want to say because their right back is called Tavernier and it might just be a coincidence and I is think it's just a horrible but I always have the same thought it's just fine I think out. they're just two different people whose oh names sound really similar oh my god yeah yeah okay well I rescind that I rescind that completely cut that bit well this Tavernier yeah, on the, the south edit. coast we're going to cut that one out but this one yeah he tore it up didn't he I was really impressed with him really impressed with him yeah um, and Billing as well to be fair he had, a, he, had a, he had a good game didn't he 
Billy's just really good. Like, if yeah. they go down, he's not going down with them, that's for sure. He's a really good player. And he can play, like, all the way from defensive midfield all the way to basically false nine. And he's really good in all those roles. So even, like, in within games, if they need a goal, he goes forward. If they need to just hold on, he just goes and sits in front of the back four. Like, he's, he's clever. He's just really clever and really versatile and good. And large. He's, got he's very, very large as well. Which is he good. is. He is. He's very languid, isn't he, in his style. Mm. He's got a bit of a wand of a left foot. It reminds me a bit of Ozil. Obviously way more clinical than Ozil, but um, <laughs> his goal, his finish was lovely, wasn't it? Just boom, yeah, roof He's done it again. There. He just He's scored screamers. He's done it again. However, no, sorry. Yeah, no, bef- before we move on to Leeds, just one more word on Bournemouth, right? So this is like the second game in a row where they've gone, what, two goals up and haven't been able to, to, to hold it. They've lost it late again. It's very similar to the Spurs defeat. Is there an issue? Do you think they're just working too hard in the early part of the game and, you know, just not seeing out games? Because feasibly, they could have got six points from the last two games. They've got zero, but they should have got at least between two and four points. And I just wonder if it's going to come back and bite them. I think, I think honestly, they haven't really done that much wrong. I think they're just like, they have limitations and they've just been sucker punched two games in a row and it just feels really harsh more than anything. And you're probably right. Maybe they have just run out of steam at the end because they do work incredibly hard and they're not, despite conceding seven goals in the last two games, I still have the impression they're not that hard. They're not that to score against, although that theory is being tested. You know what I mean? Like they feel like an awkward Mm. team, but yeah, they've just... They're not getting the breaks right now. and They are not getting the breaks. It's a dangerous place to be. Just slowly sliding down the mm. table. No. Yeah, agreed there. I completely agree. But as you were saying beforehand, let's move on to the actual winners. Let's give them their due praise. At 3-1 down, it was looking like Jesse out, wasn't it? It was looking, yeah, mate. It was looking bad. As our Leeds correspondent said, the fans want any excuse. They were booing at half-time. They, they want rid of him. Um, but he's managed to turn it around again, so he lives on to fight until next weekend. Um, it must have been a hell of a hell of a team talk at half time, I'd say, because um, they came mm. back out, conceded another goal straight away, <laughs> and then <laughs> just clawed their way back. Like yeah. three three, you felt like all the momentum was with Leeds, um, but it was just really great football, just end to end, intense, direct. There was no, it was it was breathless. You know, like, as soon as like the ball was turned over, everyone just ran the other way. And then the ball got turned over mm. and everyone just ran back. Like it was just, it, it was just nuts really. I think credit does have Lee's to be game. given to Jesse. Yeah. I think credit has to be given due to him because the substitute, substitution, sorry, that he made really changed the game as well. That final goal from Somerville where I think Gnonto or Nonto, I don't know how to say his name, that really young Italian fella. It just burst through the middle. Just too much pace. Way too much pace for Bournemouth, who, as we said earlier, may have been tiring at that point. Just drove through the middle. It's classic lead style, isn't it? It's still, um, mm-hmm. yeah, just thunderbusters, mate. Just steaming forward. But yeah, super finish for the for the winner as well. Another late winner for Somerville. After a slow Make start, a bit of a habit, he's isn't really he? looking. Yeah, he is. He's starting to look a real prospect, isn't he? Yeah, mate. Uh, look, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and this will almost certainly end poorly, but maybe he could be the Rafinha replacement in a couple of years. He's not there yet, but mm-hmm. he has a knack for scoring crucial goals, and he's only young, so you never know. Rafinha's not having the best time at Barcelona, so we could look back in a few years and be like, transfer masterstroke this one. 
Mm. Mm. I mean, he, he looked really exciting, didn't he? Just the, just how fast he was in that finish as well. Just a lot of pressure for a young man. I think he just turned like 20, 21. So, yeah, very good finish. Yeah, super very exciting. Composed. Won the penalty yeah. as well earlier on. Um, That's right, yeah. So he's just good. He's just a good player. There's a lot of players at Leeds that I don't really know a lot about their backstory, but they all seem quite exciting. Um, but they can't defend, mm. so they're just they're so Leeds. Leeds are actually so Leeds, and I really like it. I hope they continue. Yeah, me too. Me too. The most unpredictable team. They could be anyone on their day, but they will concede three or four goals in the process. So 100%. absolute chaos. It must be fun to be a Leeds fan at the moment, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because I think I think they like the games, but they don't like Jesse Marsh. So I feel like it's like. Do you not think maybe they'll each of these... bit of redemption for him for these last two wins, though? Mm, I just feel like they want they want a reason to get rid of him. That's the impression that I get, and that's you know kind of what Jack Riak was saying. The fans haven't taken to him, so mm. we'll see. Mm. He's a very um, unknown quantity because he's straight up a high-level American coach. So probably a bit of a culture clash, isn't it, right now for Leeds fans? But yeah, for I this think... weekend, soccer ball lives on, at least until after the <laughs> Qatar World Cup now. <laughs> soccer, yeah. soccer ball's got time to grow. Yeah, mate, he's doing a bit. Six points out of six. Um, what can you say? Just when they were about to slide and he was probably going to get sacked, he's won two games on the bounce. So he's safe. He's safe for now. Can't keep winning games like that, though. They really do need to learn how to defend at some point. I can see here you've made a note for Greenwood's goal. Oh, my goodness. What a first Leeds goal dream. That was that was exquisite, that. It's basically, he's copied Almiron from a couple of weekends ago. He's lined that yeah. up, mate. He didn't even take Which a touch. A very high, that's a very high ceiling to try and copy, because Almiron is currently the greatest player in the world. So it's quite a high <laughs> bar there. to try and emulate. Almiron's yeah. low-key Ballon d'Or now, can I just say, but 100%. we'll get on to that. Goodness yeah, me. Yeah, Greenwood, first goal, love it, and an assist as well. So there's actually quite a few exciting prospects that are coming into the Leeds first team um, at mm. the moment. So that's a cool thing to hold on to as well. He's got Gail you just Hart, wonder. To- Tono guy or whoever. Yeah, Gnoto, Gnoto, um, Somerville. I mean, even Aronson to an, to an extent. You've got a lot of young players. There's a young nucleus of that team, so... Maybe Jesse Marsh is onto something. Maybe he's got to give it, give it a bit of time. I would give him time, but I don't think he's going to get time personally. But we'll see. I like him. He's funny. He gets very very rolled up, and I like that. Yeah, yeah. It is fun to watch him on the sidelines. Long may him continue. Um, so yeah, credit to Leeds. And again, just a disappointing one for Bournemouth, I think. Two games and a bounce of just not getting any points. They need to tighten that one up as well. Maybe just stop yeah. running so bloody hard. Just calm down a bit, man. It's just, it's just painful, mate. It's just painful losses. You know, getting thumped is one thing, but playing really well and then losing mm. in the 90th minute or like 89th minute, exactly. two games in a row, that's got a sting. That would mm. hurt my morale, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a long journey back to the South Coast for them. Um, shall we move on to a game that I'm very looking forward to reviewing? And it's not Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> Don. Unai is back in the building. <laughs> Aston Villa 3, Manchester United 1. He's back, mate. Here, I'm going to set the scene. The last time Man United faced Unai Emery was when they played Sevilla mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the Europa League final. And guess who masterminded a win there? Don Unai. 
So the game was set, the script was written, and he came in. Two goals in the first 11 minutes for Aston Villa. Mate, he he is the real deal. He set up with like that awkward 4-4-2 that he had. So it wasn't severe, it was Villarreal. He set up with that awkward mm-hmm. 4-4-2 he had at Villarreal, which had like Capu as a right midfielder. It's just weird. And he did that at Villa. And it worked, mate. It worked again. They just totally dominated the midfield of United, who were pretty rubbish, to be honest. It is amazing. He is fast becoming the arch nemesis of Manchester United. The scourge of United. <laughs> you know, he's probably got a base on the moon where he just has posters about United and it's just like his one thing that motivates him is to to destroy their dreams. Um, made a mockery of Eric Ten Hag's United. And, you know, this is United coming in a, a bounce of, what, eight games unbeaten, maybe? Maybe nine games. Maybe they haven't even conceded in that time. I know they haven't conceded a lot. Um, and for them to come out of, the, out of the blocks in the first 15 minutes and just smash it in two, fair enough, one was a free kick. But, I mean, I haven't seen Man United rattled like that in a little while, to be honest. It was reminiscent of Brentford in the, in the opening half hour. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. And they were fantastic. And if any Villa fans were on the fence about Don Unai, now you know you've got your man, you know. Yeah. Like Gerrard was miles away from delivering that. Could it be attributed to a new manager bounce? I'm not sure. Maybe partially. But I have confidence that Unai's got it this time. And his English is markedly better as well. I don't know if you listened to his interview. He's, yeah. I don't think it's going to be a problem. I hope not, because that's a really rubbish reason to like fail at the job. Is that just mm, people agreed. just don't understand you properly. You're literally trying to communicate exactly. You know exactly what to do. You can't quite get the message across. And that must be so frustrating. So I'm rooting for him. I like him. And I feel like this is just a working theory. The reason that he's the bane of Man United is that maybe he applied to be Man United manager at one point and they, <laughs> they scorned him and they gave it to someone else. Maybe. They gave it to Van Gaal. They gave it to Solskjaer. And maybe he's touched to that personally. And he was like, do you know what? Look at the state of you. How dare you? How dare you refuse me? <laughs> and yeah, he's not let it go. So that's my working no. theory. No, I mean, long may that continue. I hope that story's got some truth in it as well, because that'd be amazing. That was mm-hmm. like then that after that interview, that's when he started slicking his hair back with some gel. <laughs> he became an absolute menace. <laughs> yeah, before that he was just Goodness a nice guy. Me. Just just tended to his garden. Just had a nice life. But after that, all business. Mm. So what I was really impressed with him <clears throat> during this game, and you, I guess you can't take too much, but. You know, the one thing that Aston Villa haven't been able to do is attack with any identity, really, have they, this season? Um, no. And it just felt like Watkins, for the, the only times I've watched him this season, it looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. Doesn't know which space to occupy. Danny Ings has thrown him, by the way. It's just when Danny Ings was in the team, couldn't handle it. Um, but he had such a purpose yesterday. He would come in like, deep on the left and open space for Bailey to exploit it, which how the first goal got done. And I'm going to give it to Unai. I'm going to attribute these changes to Unai. Um, for the small amount of time he's been there, um, but they could be a real something to be reckoned with. Yeah, they were they were matching them man for man. They had a plan uh, going forwards as well, and players that look completely rudderless, but in, under Gerard's reign and with the caretaker manager, are now looking really up for it. Like Bendy had a great game yesterday as well. Tyrone Mings had a typically Tyrone Mings performance at the back, oh, a little yes. bit edgy, but you know he did dominate Ronaldo for the most part. And yeah, it was just. It was a really convincing performance, and I mean, you have to give a lot of credit to Unai, 
because it's not an easy first game, is it? I think a lot of people would have forgiven him had he have draw, like, had he have lost. To be honest with you, as long as they perform well, that's how bar, how low the bar is currently for Aston Villa, isn't it? So, yeah, wicked, loved it. Yeah, I think I think that's a very good assessment. I think you're right. What kids was really good, um, and yeah, maybe. I feel like there's always been a lack of width at Villa. They don't know how to use their wide players, and Villa Park is a really big pitch. So mm. you need to take advantage of having a big pitch to stretch it as much as possible. And Gerald just wanted to play a free through the middle. So very narrow, yeah. It's just it feels like it's just a simple fix immediately. Just like have Watkins, have Bailey, have anyone else just pulling, you know, left and right and just creating space in the middle and then just just work your way around. So mm. maybe not rocket science, but noticeably better um, I thought Ramsey was probably the best midfielder in the match which is very impressive when you consider you've got Ericsson Casemiro um, Dendonka etc all sort of bigger names than him but yeah one goal one assist and one own goal very very decent a fun very a fun trio of things and yeah Gareth was in the stands I think actually I might have made that up anyway Gareth consider him he's good <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like his him goal. I think he's good man me too. His his goal, wonderful technique on that goal. Um, I didn't realise how young he was though. He's only like nineteen, twenty. And I listened to his interview, mm-hmm. and he is literally a young boy still. But he he could easily be the most influential player in Aston Villa's team for the next five, ten years. Should he want to stay there? Because um, yeah, he's yeah he is consistently good, isn't he, Ramsey? Maybe you've he's got really something. Good. Maybe there's an outside he's, chance uh... for the World Cup. Injuries permitting, you never know. That is the one area of the pitch that is a little bit yeah. confusing, is the middle. So, we'll see. I wouldn't be upset to see him. I reckon it'll be a shootout between, like, Madison, Ramsey, Harvey Elliott, a few others, just for one spot. Mm. And it's got to be Madison, realistically. That's it, yeah, I was going to say, Madison's got to be ahead of him. But, yeah, Ramsey. One for the future, and definitely the the jewel of Aston Villa's crown. Um mm-hmm. Should we have a word on uh, Ronaldo's little wrestling match with Mings? I can see you've put that in there. Yeah, yeah. A little bit, <laughs> a little bit so wrestling, good. a little bit of judo going on. I don't know what that was about. Just both of them just trying to... You know in judo where you try and sling someone over over your shoulder? Yeah. It seemed like that was what, what was happening. Both of them were like trying to do it though, weren't they? It was yeah, really yeah, funny. yeah. I didn't know who instigated it. They just both weren't giving up. It was fucking good. Who do you, who do you reckon won? Who are you giving oh, the points to? You know what? I'm going to give it to CR7 because Mings ended up on the floor. And Mings is the bigger man. Go. So, you you give go, it to man. Ronaldo. Yeah. Don't mess with Ronnie, bark, no a bite. Lethal, a lethal throw over the shoulder. <laughs> Gino Master. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. You just know it's Cristiano's frustration bubbling through at that point, you know. Yeah, Picked I reckon. to start the game and completely just out of the game. He's past it at this level, man. So he looks sad, a little past but... it. He's not finishing the half chances he used to bury comprehensively. Even like a month ago, he would just bury them. I think Mings mm-hmm. has just like played Ronaldo here. Just got in his head, had a little whisper, you know, and just sort of Diego crossed yeah. him throughout the game. Just little nibbles here and there, and he's just lost defo. his head. Defo, defo. It had to be Tyrone as well. Um, but yeah, a special mention course, to him. He did play well, I thought, Tyrone Mings. I thought he played well. Even when he plays well, mate, it's too visible. Even when he plays well, he's just wrestling and throwing Ronaldo, <laughs> getting thrown around by Ronaldo. Like, it's just too erratic, mate. He's not a calming oh, influence. I love the shithousery, though. Just, like, yeah. shithousery makes makes the league in some ways. Yeah, we'd be we'd be worse off for characters like him. Um, 
Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't want him in my team. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I don't. Like... I don't want to see him start. <laughs> but I'm glad that he exists in the prem. <laughs> yeah, that's completely fair. Completely fair. Um, is it a worry for United then, or just you know a consequence of so many performance, so many uh, matches? Sorry, uh, the drop off yeah. was always going to happen at some point, wasn't it? I think it's just the classic Thursday, Saturday, or Sunday schedule. Really, it happens. Mm. Nothing more to it, really. Yeah, okay, but sure. they did get ripped apart a little bit in the middle, so that would be a slight worry. They didn't look very secure, considering Casemiro was on the pitch. Yeah, and you know what? If it weren't for Casemiro, they'd probably be in a worse situation. He was still snapping in some very crucial challenges. He still had, a, I felt, a good game. It's just his, the defence was all over the place, and I suppose that's a consequence of not having overlord Harry Maguire in the back line. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's joking. Uh, I just don't think they've ever settled on a back line, have they? They've had so many different partnerships over the season. Um, no, well, they had it. The result had it of this was down. always coming. It's they had a lockdown, obviously, with Varane. No, Varane's not back. It was Lindelof yesterday. Ah. And, uh, yeah, I was Martinez. wondering, I was like, where's Harry Maguire and all this? Lindelof, that debut's ruined. That's not going to happen. Back to Harry Maguire then, next game. I think so. I think Lindelof's done so, because that was a poor performance. But then I have to say, Martinez did get torn apart by Bailey. At one point, he just elbowed Bailey twice. I honestly yeah. don't understand how VAR didn't pick that up. As at least a yellow. If that was to, that was like <laughs> two legit MMA elbows to the chest. I mean, it's excellent shithousery. I just don't understand. It was clear as day for me. Um, I've no idea, mate. violent conduct. I don't know. Plenty more I don't know what to say. Not working properly. Controversy, I tell you. But yes, great <laughs> to see Unai back. The the pool of Premier League managers just gets finer and finer. We have maybe some of the best now, I'd say. I don't know if that's just completely like Premier League-centric, but I feel like the best ones are in the Prem by distance these days. Oh, we do, mate. We definitely do. And, and, and more coming. We'll get on to that. More exciting additions are rumoured. Um, okay. First, it's time. It's time. it's time for you to get excited. Chelsea oh. nil, Arsenal one. Um, large, large statement victory this, I think, for the Gunners. Um, I feel like it could have been a big statement for both teams, but Gunners get it, mate. And Chelsea, a bit rubbish now. The narrative just switches like that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, we dominated them from first minute to the, to the last. Honestly, never been so comfortable watching Arsenal play away to one of the top six people, uh, top six teams, since maybe since we moved to the Emirates. In all honesty, we've had patches, you know, like we've had results as well, but they've never been so comfortable or comprehensive. And I think that's a testament to how well we played. Chelsea offered nothing, which is completely worrying. I think I've never seen. Honestly, Chelsea looked rattled. They just looked like they don't. They're not. Obviously, they're not used to it. Just like the fans weren't used to it, the players weren't used to it. It's just it just felt wrong. It was it was yeah. It was honestly I, I'm speechless. Like, I can I can barely talk about it. Um, and maybe this is the one that makes Arsenal fans believe a little bit. I know certainly like in my head I was like if we if we beat them tomorrow, like and play the way that we did, I would never have dreamt that we would have played the way that we did. But maybe if we got the result, then maybe we could start thinking about we could actually challenge. But I think fuck it, why not? We play oh, like that every game. The Why handbrake is off. He's finally, it's finally happening. It's He's time finally. to dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to end badly, man. You shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I, we're going to win the league. 
We are winning the league, boys. It's happening. Oh, oh, oh my no. God. No, 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 no. You're right. I, I know deep down it won't happen, but I think we can push City at least until next year, like until like April, April time. Mate, as long as, I you, think we can do as, it. as long as you push them, I think that's great because someone has to, otherwise it's just boring. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. But I mean, on the basis of how we played yesterday, we were brave. We played out from the back. We didn't compromise in the way that we play football. Chelsea tried to play it really narrow and then we'd played it really narrow too. So it was just so congested for them in the middle. Um, and I just think their forward line, obviously with Aubameyang in their forward line and then missing crucial players like Chilwell and James. Our front our front four, I'd say, yeah, our front four probably, which, well, they were way more dynamic than Chelsea's and that's how I think we were able to dominate. Um, Aubameyang is not the kind of player that's going to track back. He will be, he's more of a poacher, you know, like he's he makes the right runs if you've got the wide players, but they just weren't there yesterday. Um and I think as a Chelsea fan, you have to ask questions maybe on Potter's tactics this game. It seemed really weird to leave Kovacic out. He's probably their best available midfielder for that kind of battle mm-hmm. in midfield. Zakaria as well played well in the week. Why wouldn't you put him on? Why Loftus-Cheek, who didn't have the greatest games by any by any means, but I suppose the rest of Chelsea's midfield didn't. Um, and yeah, you know, our back two just bossed it. Gabriel and Saliba was the basis of all of that. Uh, Saliba's recovery pace is just absolute, absolute joke. I just can't believe it. He's just so good at football. I can't believe he's in our defence. And Thomas Partey has probably been playing the best football that he's played since he's joined Arsenal. He is just a joy to watch yesterday. He was everything went through him, and he's on his day. He's the best number six in the Prem at the moment. So yeah, I can't disagree. All in all, it's. I think it's. I as a neutral, I think it's a very interesting experiment in sticking with the same team and being really clear on what everyone does versus changing half the team every game and mixing things up. And Tinkering didn't win. The Tinker Man didn't win. So there you go. <laughs> settle, find your team, Potter, and settle down and just get some consistency. Because that is now four games without winning the Prem. And Ooh. two games, two losses on the bounce. Brighton last week and Arsenal this week. Five goals conceded, only one goal scored. It's a little bit worrying. Ooh, I didn't realise it was four games without a win. That is a little yeah. bit of a, that's a that's a big slump. Honeymoon period is definitely over. Just um, like that. The first just little like that. signs of, of wobble are there. I mean um, football Twitter, I did see a few brave Chelsea fans screaming Potter out already. So <laughs> they are honestly this Amazing. one rattled them. This was the one that rattled them for sure because it's Arsenal. They always beat Arsenal, you mm. know what I mean? So now they it's know the nice place. It's not nice to get kind of bossed at, in your home ground, you know, just feel like you're being held at arm length. I did find some of the selections a little weird, like Havertz and Aubameyang. I feel like it's one or the other because neither of them are like, what, is Aubameyang coming off the left then in that scenario? It's just weird to me, some of it. And I mean, Aubameyang did nothing. I'd like to add a point. Aubameyang, mm. the Chelsea curse of being a number nine at Chelsea, that curse is much stronger than being an ex-Arsenal striker. So, for all those in doubt, <laughs> Bamiang's never going to score again for Chelsea now. That's that's put to bed. That's put to bed, in my opinion. He's oh, done. Love that. He's taken the number nine. He hasn't scored for like a month. He's done. Goodbye. <laughs> Next striker. <laughs> and Cuckoo, don't take the number nine shirt, my man. Otherwise, you are done as well. Oh my god, the curse lives long. I think this is the strongest curse in, in, in sport. 
the Chelsea number nine. Like three goals yeah. for Aubameyang. We're all we're going to be in December soon enough. Is that enough? It's not enough, is it? It's not enough. And he just looks so one off of the it rare again. Times he was rubbish. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say it's one of the rare times where Barca have actually done a financial deal that made sense. <laughs> you know you it's fucked up nice. when that happens when you get fleeced <laughs> by Barca. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that is yeah, that's so true. Um, yeah, he was no match for Gabriel Saliba, and that's why I think I felt quietly confident going into it because he because they didn't have Reese James and Chilwell. It was just completely different games. We spoke about it last week. Is there a good time to play a team? And this was one of those times. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were yeah, it was just fantastic. Arsenal fans were so loud. Um, the only only gripe I have yesterday, obviously Jesus missing, which we'll come on to. Um, but Saka, honestly, I, I don't know. Did you watch the game live? Did you see what I'm talking no, about? Where he gets fouled consistently. I thought Saka was supposed to be injured, so I was surprised that he was even playing. I was confused. I felt I yeah, felt I was like confused. I realised that he might have just been messing with us so that Chelsea weren't planning for Saka. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Because actually, yeah, it's a bit harsh on Reese in hindsight, but it's such a big game, isn't it? Um, but yeah, Saka, honestly, in the first half, just like, he had Kukurella on toast for the first half. And, you know, Kukurella's just fouling him, fouling him, doesn't get given. He commits one foul and Kukurella gets the yellow card. And it's just like, what is this treatment? What is this treatment? He's got to be so careful because he is going to lose his head and get a reputation. He's going to get a reputation in the Prem at this rate. And it's all... It's just, it's just ridiculous. No, Saka. Oh, uh, I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm telling you, like, he honestly gets fouled so much. That just doesn't get given. As an Arsenal fan and an England fan, would you like to see him rested for the last two Premier League games? I would, but he's or, just so integral. one. He's just too integral. Hmm. That's how it goes, mate. He's good at football. He gets kicked. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's stay. Let's stay on Kukurea for a second because he gave us possibly the funniest moment of the whole game um, for the Arsenal goal. Arsenal score from a corner, pretty much almost directly, and it was just like this amazing comedy of defending, um, where I mean, it, it, it was basically like a piece of art, I'd say, where there's like bodies everywhere. And they're all sort of chaotic, but the ball just very serenely just glides through the chaos um, and comes to Gabriel and he tucks it in. But the moment that was most funny was just Kukurea having a nice cuddle with Granite Xhaka. And so Granite Xhaka is just standing there, but Kukurea's got his arms wrapped around him. But instead of trying to prevent the goal, he just carries on giving him a cuddle. And I don't think I've ever seen any defending quite like it. And I really enjoyed it. And it just summed up Kukurea's game. He had another bad game. Passing was rubbish, and yeah, this just subbed it up. So he's struggling as well a bit. Yeah, Kukurella is struggling a little bit. It obviously doesn't help with all the, I think the tinkering. To be honest, he's probably not doing him any favours. He played pretty much game in, game out for for Brighton last year. And yeah, yeah I just think he's probably suffering as well. For That's what I don't understand. <laughs> like, surely they've got enough centre backs that they could play him as a left wing back, and that would balance things out a little more for Chelsea. So. I feel like there's a big case of overthinking that is either a masterstroke or gets criticised. So, had Chelsea... You know what it is, though? Sick. Potter did say in his interview afterwards, like his kind of angle was, Arsenal are a team at a point of where we want to get to. Like We're not at the same point that this Arsenal team are currently at in terms of their evolution or whatever. Because um, Arteta's been given the time, despite shit performances, 
or shit or you know relative relative to where we were I should say he hasn't he probably hasn't overperformed the expectation yet in any season but you can see what he's trying to build and I think we just need to give all Chelsea fans need to give Potter a bit of time and do that um, so he can actually yeah. build his team because we've seen it work at Brighton but it didn't it didn't happen overnight they were actually pretty rubbish that first year because it's probably so radical the ideas that he's chucking at them they were mate they came 16th they everyone liked them but they were pretty bad for a lot a lot of games I do worry if they'll ever get the time but you would hope that everyone's sort of sold on the idea but we know Chelsea and it can all this go is wrong it. very quickly this is it it's like, is, will, would he be given the time I just don't know I just don't know if he would but they're just like why would you hire a process manager like that or a project manager so to speak he's not a success manager is he it's not like you're getting yeah. Ancelotti in serial winner you're getting um, G Potter so who knows who knows it's true um, it's a new ownership though yeah. so that could all be th- could be part of the past we'll have to see so. how that develops he seems like a good guy yeah can I can, can we just have an honourable mention before we move on for um, Arteta's habit of going outside the technical area and Potter getting a bit wound up about it as well I have to say, Arteta does need to stop just like marauding around that technical dugout area. He honestly just walks around with his bollocks out like he like he owns the patch everywhere he goes. And I can understand why it might rile other fans up because if I had Klopp doing that in the Emirates, I'd be fuming. I'd be bloody fuming. Yeah. Get back in your box. It's a funny one. Don't be doing that. It reminds, it reminds me a bit of Pep, to be honest, where he just he just gets really riled up and just forgets where he is. Because he's usually quite calm. Yeah. But he's a funny one, Arteta. He's a really funny he one. He is. I'd like to I mean, ask you I love one more thing. Yeah, go I'd on. I'd like to ask you one more thing before we go. Would it be a London derby? Is 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 it a derby? Does it count? It is a derby, but it's been so non-competitive over the you know, last 15 years since Chelsea have risen up that I think they've looked a further field. But there's always a bit of spite between Chelsea and Arsenal. Mm. We don't fucking like them since Ashley Cole got nicked off us for, for three months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel I do feel like there's a bit of spice. I'm going to go with Derby, so it's a Derby. It's a it's, a, it's course, a London Derby, isn't it? So that means there has to be a little little bit of a altercation, and of course, the main man himself, Granite, was at the centre of it, having a little a little shove with Chalobah, and then just casually dropping uh, the f bomb in the post match interview, and that I really enjoyed, if I'm honest. Even when he's you know not the main part, he's still getting involved. You must have loved it. 100%. But can I just say, I'm glad you referenced that because even with that altercation, we saw the evolution of Granite. I'll tell you why. Okay? Because before Granite, you know, Granite started that altercation, but Granite would have done it because he'd seen red, all right? Because he really wanted to nut Chalibur and probably ended up nutting Chalibur and getting sent off. And we also would have been 4 0 down and he probably would have scored an own goal and given away twice. That led to an, to an away goal. All right? But this time, on this Granite, he's not even on a booking. Right? You know why he's doing it? He's trying to time waste. He's trying to wind Chalibur up. So Chalibur wastes the last minute and a half of extra time. Argue with him and guess what happens? That exactly happens. Now, Chalibur was on a yellow. I've gone deep on this, mate. I've literally been thinking about this for hours. No, <laughs> Chalibur was on a yellow. So had Granite got a yellow, then Chalibur would have got a yellow and Chalibur would have got sent off and it would have wasted more time. So I think Granite, it was a classic case of shithousery from Granite Jacker there who just rubbed the salt in the wounds a little bit more. Because Chalibur had a bit of a mare at the back. He had a tough day against um, the boys up front. So, oh, mate. I mean, I'm in dreamland. Like, when do we go to the bridge and torment Chelsea as we did? 
It's just... I know. I think it, now I know how it feels. Like, after all the years of watching Liverpool's success, I now know, I have a slice of what that feels like, and it it feels good, mate. It feels good, mate. mate. If this is just the beginning of, like, four years of goodness, you're going to have a very good time. Trust me on that. I feel that. like our time might be here. So, yeah, if we just carry on winning until the World Cup break and go in on top at the World Cup break, even if it's by two points, then it's going to be such an exciting end to the season. Um, I'm going to go bold and say we're now nailed on for top four, just based on the fact that other teams are looking so patchy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I agree, we're but f- talk about tempting fate. We are currently 11 points ahead of United, who are in fifth. Do you know what? You're right, because but anything I think can about happen. the teams that are chasing. There's Liverpool, who are pretty rubbish. Chelsea, <laughs> who are being a bit rubbish. May United, who are being a bit rubbish. It's not like we're we're like closing. Yeah, the game. that's we're getting bigger every week. It's not, it's not like any consistent challenges like usual, or we're just being overly consistent. You know what I mean? So, I think we, I think, I think we could achieve it, lads. But now we're at kind of at this this new height. It's almost going to feel a bit disappointing if we're just going to settle for top four at this point. Because I'm daring to dream a little bit, but yeah, it's a dangerous let's, game. But let's temper that. Enjoy let's it. temper that. No, just yeah. Let's just enjoy the moment. Let's not think too far ahead. One game at a time. So, yeah, a massive win. And like you say, is that the changing of the guard in terms of the dominant team in London? I bloody hope so. I bloody hope so. It's hard to argue, but it's only half season. Things can change. But yeah. Anyway, let's take a break. Enough, enough of this gushing about how good Arsenal are. And to win the league. Now you're going to believe us. Now you're going to believe us. Oi. We're the people's champion. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> uh, okay, sweet. Welcome back to From the Backseat. Now let's talk about the actual title challengers you know not these pretenders from North London and that's Manchester City 2 Fulham 1 can't believe it (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean for what it's worth mate I would love it if it wasn't City that win it but this was the kind of game that proves that they're going to win it to me a 95th minute penalty down to 10 men right even when it's all going wrong they still get 3 points yeah, joke game. Yeah, it's we were oh so <laughs> I literally still cut up about it. It was so close to City dropping points at home as well, and not to a big six rival. That's like it's like a four leaf clover at this point. It only happens. It? It's it only happens twice a season, I think. Maybe even less. Usually it's Crystal Palace. True, true. Actually, true. There's always like yeah, yeah. So really disheartening for the rest of the league that. You know, I think the manner of which they got that winner, which we'll get on to, is the one that rankles the most. But let's start with the first goal, the opener from Alvarez. Again, he is showing that he is a tricksy and very adept little player up front. And I would be so happy if he was my second choice striker. I feel like he's a dream second choice striker. Um, oh, he's so good. He's, yeah. he's, he's a wonder kid. They've just got another wonder kid. I mean, the way, the fact that he absolutely levered it off the underside of the crossbar, mm-hmm. I feel like that's not the kind of finish that in my head I've associated with him. I'm thinking he's quite a lot of nice finesse, cultured play, but no, just absolutely levered it. So he's got that in his locker as well, on top of everything else. Oh, that's he's, ideal. yeah, he's, he's definitely, um, 
got no qualms about smacking it top bins if anything it's a bit of an Aguero kind of shot isn't it where it's kind of he just kind of rifles it into the top of the net just near post to be on the keeper so yeah really exciting prospects and you felt at that point City were just going to walk it 3-0 4-0 how many Mm -hmm. you know Um, and then the first controversial point of the game occurred out of nowhere Fulham get a break and suddenly Harry Wilson's through on goal just Cancelo covering him before obviously there was there was contact Harry Wilson goes down now the resulting the resulting thing was a penalty kick and a red card for Cancelo what are your thoughts on it what are your thoughts well I have to say I thought it was a bit soft very soft although I did enjoy that Cancelo I mean we know that City they they do professional fouls we know that this is a big part of what they do and I think Cancelo has got a little bit too professional foul because in the replay, he's just staring at Wilson. He's like, yeah, mate, not today. And just pushes him over. So, I mean, it's, it's really similar to the red card that Tamori got for AC Milan, where it's like, not that big true, a deal. True, And then it's a penalty. You're like, all right, fair enough, fair enough. It could be a penalty. But then it's a red card and you're like, whoa, that that was a lot. That's a lot of like, Things just for a little, a little shove, basically. Completely agree. Doing a penalty in the yellow card would have been fine. Yeah, but I feel that would be. You know what? It was, it was amusing. So why not? Mm, just never dreamt that that would happen against City at the Etihad. They felt like nothing could go against them. Um, and yeah, it was a bolt called by the ref in the 40th minute to to do it for that. But then also, you know, maybe maybe that ref sick of sick of those snide little challenges at the end and he wants to stamp it out. Um, you can't argue mm. that it was a red card, but I did feel it was harsh. But to be fair, the referee restored parity to the world and then gave them the most ridiculously soft penalty ever at the end. And I think this might even be more controversial, this one. It was never a pen. Do you think so? Never a pen. Oh, truly, I didn't I did think it was... Oh, it was, it, was never, okay. it was never a pen. Really? I mean... I've got, I mean, at this point, my my standards for what is a pen is so low. Because <laughs> there's like pens, there's like pens every game um, for like nothing. So I, I don't really care anymore. Like, oh, it's touched an arm or like, oh, it's touched, he's touched someone. He's run into him. Yeah, fuck it. Give him a pen. Send him off. Who cares anymore? Nothing oh, makes sense. So, so yeah, for me, clear pen. He was looking for it. He did a pretty Should have sent him off, really. And, oh, you're mocking it, but honestly, honestly, so soft. I know you're not you're not in the title race, so it doesn't mean anything to you. But for me personally, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just so yeah, soft. Yeah, maybe it, man. it was so soft, but it know, was soft. But I felt like it was fair. Like it was given. He just chopped him. I think you know Fulham were given a. Very, he, made, he made a meal of it, but he chopped him. So he didn't really chop him. I've seen worse. It was just a slight brush of like the foot, and I'm talking the foot, but. You know, K- KDB doesn't go over like that. K- I guess KDB is not a very gracious diver, I guess. Or, you know, like when he goes down, it just doesn't look right. So I guess that added to it. But yeah, City win. They remain in touch with Arsenal, two points behind. And I still think they are the majority's people favourite to go on and win the league. And I think for Fulham, a disappointing result, considering that they played with the match yeah. with, uh, with, with 11 men against 10 for 50 minutes. So... Yeah, everyone, everyone yep. loses. They just got the everyone fear, loses. mate. They just got the fear. Once Haaland came on, they just had the fear. They didn't yeah, want. They didn't I want mean, to be there anymore. He was knocking. To be fair, it was coming. So, 
Maybe it was fair. Maybe I'm being bitter. Teams just need to be braver, mate. I feel like everyone at the Etihad has already given up. And well, they're just so expecting. Just need to go for them. You know what I mean? Like, oh, will someone beat City at the Etihad this year? I bloody hope so. I know. I'm saying this from a Liverpool perspective because our aura is fully gone. Everyone's just going for us now and it's bullshit. Where, where's the fear factor? Why are you not just rolling over for us? Why are you beating us? Just leave us alone. Fucking bullshit, mate. You've been figured out. Anyway, let's move on because um, the next game is yeah. super exciting, isn't it? Wolves 2, Brighton 3. A bit of a shock at Molyneux, really. Well, I guess not actually. Brighton are a bit of a form team. Is it? Yeah, not really, actually. Yeah. If anything, it's a shock that Wolves got two goals, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, yeah, that was disturbing. I felt like the world might end. I was looking I at the sky like, oh dear, it's a bad <laughs> sign. <laughs> yeah, we're going to actually have nuclear <laughs> war tomorrow. And it's all Wolves' yeah. fault. In fairness, <laughs> at least one of them was a Neves pen. There's a bit of normality received there. Yeah, true that. It's always Neves, isn't it? It's nice to see Guedes' goal. Let's let's start with them. Let's just let's just cap them off yeah. quickly. Okay. Guedes had a, he scored he scored a goal. That was nice, and it was a good goal because nice goal. he was falling over the whole time. So it was going to be a pen anyway. Dragon, as every push is a pen. Yeah, course, I mean mate. that definitely just looked like a box, foul. A pen. And the, the way he finished it was yep. super impressive. I agree. I was totally totally impressed by that. I don't quite know how he still managed to get that in the post, but yeah. Need more of that, that Wolves, don't they? Good finish. Yeah, and then sure. they took the lead again because they got a pen. All this talk of penalties is actually boring. It's boring me. <laughs> Handball against Dunk. I mean, look, the ball hit his arm, so therefore give him a penalty. So whatever, YOLO. I don't care anymore. So yeah, that's cool. But yeah, do you know what I really want to talk about? Mm-hmm. Brighton. So Wolves, that's enough. That's enough for you now. <laughs> um, Brighton. I forgot Adam Lallana was still playing for Brighton. Wasn't that so lovely? Oh, thirty-three-year-old Adam Lallana, so so involved immediately. Such a nice goal, Uh, such a nice assist for the first goal. He's still he's still got a good touch. He's a good player when he's fit. Agreed, agreed. He was he was um, so important to to Brighton's performance yesterday. Just keeping that midfield ticking over, and he just looked so good yesterday, didn't he? Just two feet technique. He was mastering it. I guess, you know, Lallana's always been a case of fitness. He's his biggest enemy. Uh, but when he's mm-hmm. when he's fighting fully fit, my goodness, he is a player. And he's not all about pace either. So you could feasibly see him going on for a couple more years, I dare say. And yeah, it's just nice to see him doing happy. Yeah. He's, I've always had a soft spot for Lallana. He's just a good player. He's great to watch. And yeah, great guy. So, mate, he's just, he's just a... He's just quite unique, isn't he? He's a very un-English English player because he's very two-footed and he's just very intricate and neat with everything. Mm-hmm. But he's also a pressing machine, so there's a lot to like about him as a player. Absolutely, absolutely. And he fits his Brighton team massively. And all of their goals... Yeah, let's just talk about Brighton. I fucking love Brighton. All of their goals are fan- fantastic. <laughs> Actually, like, mm-hmm. the football that they play is it's on another level. It's on another level for me. I dare say that they played the nicest football yesterday out of all the teams that were playing. Just their style. Just like the way their players, you know, pass the ball and pass into the spaces, the one touches, the... Like Matoma. Oh my goodness. That kind of outside of the, the, outside of the foot pass it was like the pre-assist yes. for Lalana's goal, I think. Oh my goodness, man. It's like, what are they... Yes. What is going I'm, on down in Brighton, man? I'm glad that you brought him up. Matoma... Man of the match, best performance, his best performance so far for Brighton. 
not that there's been many, but it's just like another player. Like he was signed from Kawasaki something something in Japan, loaned out for like a season. He's not even that young. He's like 25. So it's not like they were buying like some prodigious, you know, yeah. kid. Yeah. He's come sort of in the middle of his career at 23 to Brighton and got on loan or 24. Mate, he was unbelievable. Yeah, the pre-assist with the outside of the boot for the first goal. He then got Samedo sent off just by just absolutely yep. on the right. <laughs> and then he scored a goal as well, like with a header, which is not something you would think... Japanese winger wouldn't think he's going to score a bullet header but no he did and yeah only in Brighton would they have a player like him where like they scouted him they've bought him they've loaned him out then yeah. they've brought him back not even worried about it and now he's just become a key player just like that and no one would ever have even looked at him I'm sure so it's just it's awesome mate I love it me too me too and you're right I forgot about the header the header the header was fantastic um, the way that I mean Lallana's assist was absolutely juicy but to generate that much power, like you say, and actually redirect the ball into that corner, yeah, just a player, a player playing full of confidence at the moment. But yeah, a very strange kind of journey to the top for him. I didn't realise he was 25. I did assume he was a Japanese wonder kid plucked from obscurity. But no, 25. Yeah, he's just, so He's just one of them, mate. How he's do just, they like, do it? Like all the Brighton players, though. How do they do like, it? They just pick up. <laughs> Honestly, how do they do it? Tony Bloom. Tony bloody Bloom. Goodness me. Oh, Bloomism is real, mate. You better hope he buys bloody Liverpool when FSG sell. <laughs> I'd, I'd love that. I'd actually love that. Um, yeah. Well. The last word on Wolves then to wrap this up. Lopetegui is now taking charge in a few weeks. What do you think about this appointment, Hugh? Because he's quite a big name manager. He's managed Madrid. Albeit for 100 days, but he has managed Madrid. So... I'd say the positives is, because I believe he can speak Portuguese, so that's going to be a major plus in terms of... Mate, if he can't, then he's in the wrong job. That would yeah. Be, that would be ridiculous. You can't, you can't be wasting months trying to learn how to speak English, do you know what I mean? So that's a plus for him. <laughs> now, he did do bits with Sevilla initially. He did well with them. He, he took them to a, to a Europa League, which I guess is quite normal for Sevilla, actually. However, he left Sevilla in an absolute state, you know, the early parts of this season... I think they're in relegations, relegation points and defensively, mm-hmm. they're a shambles. Is that what Wolves need right now? I'm not sure. And my concern with Wolves is they've always said they want to embrace attacking football and I'm not sure if Le Pettigree is, is that coach. I think he's more of the same, very bit like Nuno Mendes. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see him take over a relegation fight because Wolves, you know, make no mistake about it, are in a relegation fight now. Um, but yeah. I understand that he was probably the only realistic high-level target that's available at this time for no fee. So, yeah, it is an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah. Because you look at his career and you think, like, he's managed Spain. And True. And he acrimoniously left Spain right before the World Cup so he could join Real Madrid and then yes. get fired after three months. Yes. So it's quite tumultuous, all of it. Mm-hmm. And then... He's managed big clubs, but he might be one of those where his track record looks a lot better than it is. And actually, maybe he's maybe he's just living off that Spain job. I don't know. I, don't I guess really we'll know find out about him. We'll find out. That's exactly it. You, you, I just have a slight concern that he might be more of a name than the kind of character they actually need right now. Oh, um, I, either way, yeah, I think he could major be major pulling power for the Prem. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a big. It fits the profile, doesn't it? It's quite an ambitious name for the position that they're at. But we've long said that the Wolves squad is no joke. Like they should be able to turn it around. Admittedly, it's very unbalanced at the moment, but they could. They they should still be up in mid table somewhere. So if you can just get them up a little bit, then just save their Premier League status this season. That's got to be the memo for him. And then look at rebuilding, right? Yeah. Yeah, agreed. I think, unfortunately for them, every team basically should be in mid-table. They're basically all good enough to be in mid-table. So, it's going to be some big teams dropping down this year. Some, like, very juicy squads as well. Mm-hmm. The Vultures Circle. Be nice. Right. On to, the, on to another big game. So many oh, good yes. games. Tottenham 1, Liverpool 2. Wow, wow, good. wow. Oh, uh, yes. Good, good, good. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, you must be so relieved. That is a big win. It's a massive win. And it's good because these are two teams that are struggling in very different ways, but both absolutely dreadful at first half. So it was nice to see Liverpool not concede the first goal and then score two goals from one good goal, one... Very generous gift from Eric Dyer, who I continue to not rate, but I'm glad he played. You know, he's a good lad. Um, <laughs> oh, that was um, such a bad mistake. I mean, look, Eric Dyer, mate, he did he did that like a couple of weeks ago. I know. That header backwards to nobody. And honestly, like to cushion it so nicely for Salah to just dink over Lloris. So he's, he's a talented player. He's a good ball playing centre back when he can do things like that. I have a theory on why he made that mistake. I, I think I know. I think I know why he's done it. Right. I think he was so unnerved by the erratic nature of um, Darwin Nunez's play that he just didn't know what to do. He froze. You know, was Darwin there? Was he going to soar up and do a, a scissor kick? Who knows? You know, it's <laughs> just completely bamboozled no by knows. that first half. We all were. <laughs> so I'm not going to be too harsh on Eric Dyer, bless him. Uh, but it was a terrible mistake. It yeah. was rotten, wasn't it? And Salah just, oh, that dink for the second. Oh, oh. Mo was yeah, on mate, one I'm yesterday. Mo, Mo was on one, mate. Mo is actually on one. He, He's he's back, mate. He's back. He's going to drag us up the table single-handedly now. He's back. Honestly. And it's nice to see. Cause I, was, I was worried that we were going to have a, an Aubameyang situation on our hands where he just immediately reverts to being rubbish. <laughs> So hopefully we can squeeze out at least one more good season before that happens. Yeah, I mean, for me, both goals showed that that is is Mo Salah at his top level. He doesn't have to be influencing the game the whole 90 minutes. But if he can produce two moments of magic like that, then you're going to be fine. You know, and yeah, we said it last week of the pod, it feels like his level hasn't dropped as much as the rest of the team. And if anything, it's going back up now. Salah looks up for it. I think that's nine goals in eight games, which is ridiculous record. And kind of going under the radar, really. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's good to see, and he could be your saving grace this season. But let's talk about the first goal too. We we touched on Darwin Nunez's chaotic uh, performance, and I loved it. Can I just say I loved every second of it? So unpredictable. Don't know if he's just going to volley it. Same. <laughs> Don't know what he's going to do. Sometimes yeah, he, he can't dribble. Sometimes he can he's dribble good really at well. Volleying. It's just crazy. He's really good at volleying. One of them's going to so go good into at shooting with easy shots, but the volleys, mate, world class. Honestly, I really like him. He works well on that left-hand side. He's a he's just he's a, a menace, menace, isn't he? Menace, yeah. I know what you mean. 
Eric Dyer and Emerson were having a horrible time trying to deal with him because like he's not just fast, but he's big as well. And he's just horrible. He's like he's just tenacious, so unorthodox, and Erratic. a bit of a bit of a brute as well. Throws himself about, mm. big lad. I saw um, a comment on Twitter saying, "Oh, it was amazing." I hope I can quote it well enough. It's like Darwin Nunes is the physical embodiment of the phrase. Don't let them know your next move. Because <laughs> 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 he doesn't know what his next oh, move is yeah. half the time. And um, Gary, Gary, Gary Neville said it, and you've used that term before, but he is very raw. And I think he'll be given time, though. I think the general consensus is the Liverpool players look like they want him to succeed. Like they encourage him, even when he's clearly not making the right choice. And Liverpool fans are desperate for him to succeed, too. So I think it's a bit different from Andy Carroll. I think people can see oh, like he's a good player. I think it's he's already just... I think he's already got more goals than Andy Carroll made at this point. No joke. I think well, Andy Carroll that's a good got point. Like five goals, six goals, so You did bring my attention to that stat. How many um what's his goal involvement so far this season? His goal and assists? The average per game? Oh, so all comps all comps, he's getting a goal or assist every ninety two minutes, I think. It's not to be joked at. Is, it's not to be sniffed at at all. It's really good. Yeah, completely agree. He's averaging a goal assist more regularly than most, pretty much everyone apart from Mo Salah, who's 88, and Haaland, who's like 49. A goal and assist every 49 minutes. Yeah. So he's actually going under the radar because he, he's played a lot of substitute cameos and he's come on and, you know, made an impact. So yeah, yeah. If he's raw now, but he's still getting decent numbers. Imagine. Play it there, mate. And I'm excited to see it. And he got the assist. He made the right decision, squared it to Mo. Who scored no. the first goal? So that was nice. And that link up seems to be developing nicely between him and Mo. There seems to be a better understanding. There are still times where you felt yeah. he could have made the right pass, but yeah, you know, like he's raw, he wants to impress, and he loves a pop at goal. So, especially from That's improbable funny. angles where it just doesn't look right. And, I have and always to love it. on the half volley. Always. Volley. He's I already a master. It. He's already a master at it. And, you know, from the first half hour, it almost felt like Liverpool. They might smash him here. Um, and then Spurs mm. kind of came back. In the first half, I mean, they just, came back. You know, they, they pushed back. They didn't, they didn't have any real chances. But, you know, after you scored the first oh, goal... Oh, no, they did, mate. I'm trying to think of like, the clear chances. chances they had. So there was one, There was one. I think, like, glancing header. Oh, sorry. sort of fumbled onto yeah, the post. Yeah, Perisic had two, didn't they? You just really? get the sense that... No matter how good Liverpool look going forward, we are still shambles at the back. We're still so nervy, and we we allow so many chances. And honestly, after after like half time, we're basically under the cosh for an entire half. Like mm. Spurs were basically just battering us, and we were just we were we were pooping ourselves. So yeah, it was dodgy. I think in the they hit the crossbar, half. and then Kane scored his really nice goal after Kulusevski came on. No shocks there. That was a lovely. He comes goal, on man. immediately. Spurs look way better. And then, yeah, just about hung on to get the win. So our first away win of the season in the league. Big up. Let's go. It is massive. Can't understate it. Um, and yeah, you know, I was really impressed. I think once you went 2-0 up, though, I felt like, yeah, you know, it's yours to lose. But we know that the second half fight back from Spurs is always on, as you rightly pointed out. And yeah, they did give a, a real good go of it. Um, they were, they, I guess you could say they were quite unlucky not to at least get an equaliser. I just don't understand why they're so insistent on being two goals down before actually turning up and trying to win the game. I have no idea. It's crazy. I have no man. idea. I just don't get it. I don't get it. I think. I mean, to be fair, 
I guess it all started when Kulisewski came on as well. We actually offered some width mm. and someone for Harry Kane to pass the ball to. Um, so I guess that really helps as well. I wanted to talk to you about a certain player that, you know, does get talked about a lot, but I felt like we got a real special classic Trent performance yesterday <laughs> where going forwards at times, I'll give him credit, he was phenomenal. He was brilliant. Those crossfield passes, no one doubts that he can offer that. And I think from the first goal, actually, it came from his pass to Nunes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was looking for Nunes time and again, wasn't he? Because he used to do that at Mane a lot, like mm. the sort of crossfield switch. So something to keep an eye on. But yeah, there's one moment that I guess we need to talk about with Trent. <laughs> I'm sorry, interesting, he gets dribbled around so much. We'll come to that moment. But generally speaking, he's actually terrible one-on-one at defending. You know, I, I'm going to chuck it out great, there. It's he? not great. It's, but maybe we just need to stop it's, looking at him as that because he isn't a defensive fullback. I know that sounds ridiculous when the team needs to defend well, but he's not. I don't think he will be. You know, he hasn't got the recovery no, pace. He's not. he's not built enough. You know, to be. Oh, I just don't know, man. He's just not a defensive centre back. But... He is currently bad at defending. Don't think that's a dispute anymore. Mm-hmm. However, it is. Yeah, you're right. He's not. He's not on the pitch for his defending that is something he should be good at but it's not the reason he's on the pitch yeah. it's like judging you know another fullback who's quite defensive on how many assists they get you know mm. different players different systems his role is to be creative and provide width and penetration but yeah fuck me it's a bit too easy isn't it down that right hand side at times and it continues to be just a great source of good chances for the opposition yeah, I mean, it doesn't help. People are literally just flinging it down his side now. It's, it's, it must be mentally, like, harrowing, knowing that, like, you are literally getting targeted as well. And yeah, you're probably playing a game. siege all game. Yeah, you're probably playing a game and you're just like, oh my God, it's happening. It's happening again. Like, every game, people are just pinging it over to the, to your side. But, yeah, going on to that foul then, was it a penalty? Is it comparable to Cancelo's? Now, I'm going to say my thoughts on this. I think the key difference here between his and Cancelo's and the reason why it ended up is different is that it was exactly the same kind of shove but Sessing Young wasn't in the same goal-scoring opportunity as Harry Wilson was against City. Harry Wilson was literally one-on-one with the keeper straight on. Sessing Young still had Trent between him and the goal and he was running it to the, to the byline. I don't think he... I don't think you can compare the two in terms of where they were fouled and what the goal scoring potential was there's no com- comparison if you're comparing it just on the contact and the foul it's exactly the same isn't it that's my take yeah mate I'll be honest I thought it was going to be given as penalty so that was not I mean I thought it was going to be given just, too it was just, just a pretty blatant shove really so I just don't know don't what Trent really was thinking given, doing that I mean yeah there's a bit of leeway for contact yeah there's a bit of leeway for contact now though which I think has gone in his favour but maybe he's just like I can't do this to you Trent like I'm actually been worried for your mental health if we, if we give a pen away like that yeah you know what I mean, mean yeah but it, it was just, it's just another brain fart he's got a lot of brain farts in him now he's become pretty pretty slack with a lot of the sort of defensive duties I think but he's just frustrated we move he? mate yeah yeah we move I mean 2-1 yeah. major win for Liverpool and oh, I'm sick of actually saying it might kickstart their season. So maybe you'll win next week, you know? Maybe you'll actually win two in a row. Yeah, well, we're playing Southampton next week and okay. we'll get on to them. Let's let's revisit that point. That's a good segue. But before we do, apparently, word on the grapevine is that FSG have put Liverpool up for yes. sale. And they've actually curated a full presentation for prospective buyers 
on the club, yes. its finances, its assets, the vision, the stadium, all of this. So it's quite a big development. I get the impression that FSG can't be asked with a big old rebuild of the squad and they'd rather capitalise on the, the squad value being, I mean, the club value being ridiculously high. I mean, it's hard to put a figure on it, but you think it would be in the same region as Chelsea's, of what theirs was. Probably higher. Based on the profile of the club, potentially higher, but, you know, conservatively, same sort of ballpark. So, considering they bought it for 300 300 mil, isn't it? Less than 300 million. It's around 300, 300 million, million yeah. yeah. It's a huge return on investment. They have invested you know who quite a lot. would be able to afford it. Yes, they have. But, yeah, massive. I actually think the Chelsea sales probably triggered that in their minds and realised how much money they could get on the return on investment from what they mm-hmm. put in. Um, but it does kind of smack of they just realised that there's a massive rebuild and they don't want to sink all their money into it again. Now, what I will say is that this yeah. announcement is unclear at this time as to whether it's a complete sale or if they're just selling a minority stake to raise funds. You know, because if that's the case, then it's kind of different, isn't it? Um, but I guess the difference of FSG compa- as owners compared, and Stan Kroenker to an extent, compared to, say, PSG or Manchester City, besides the obvious, is kind of like the reason why they're buying the club or why they bought the club. Man City bought it for... Sport washing reasons, maybe. (laughs) They bought it for prestige. Mm -hmm. They bought it for power, didn't they? They bought it as a status, a symbolic thing. Um, And it's the same for PSG. And the same for Newcastle. Whereas Liverpool's owners have bought it for profit, isn't it? You know, they saw an opportunity when it was under Hicks. It was a fantastic opportunity. Yeah. Just an undervalued asset. So, in my head... They kind of have a right to at least explore a return on investment. And maybe the Super League is the catalyst for this because that fell through and that was going to, you know, parachute mm. a lot more stable income for Liverpool, right? And now we're, we've got a bit, we've got a season where it's looking like you might not have the Champions League income and it's all looking a bit coincidental. But I, yeah, I mean, I understand why they might be looking at it, to be honest with you. I feel like they could get a stupid amount of profit for what they put in and they've had a really successful period. And if they're not willing to do the rebuild, why shouldn't they look at other buyers who might be willing to put yeah, mate, money in? Perfectly logical. Just begs the question, who who could buy it? And Ooh. those are the questions that would concern me. <laughs> which which oil state or dictator wants to buy a Liverpool oh. football club? I'm looking at you, Roman Abramovich. I know you like football. He'll <laughs> oh, definitely be trying to work out a way to buy it. The Premier through, League... Uh, you know, Premier League definitely does need another Petro Lord over, uh, Overlord owner. So, yeah, who could it be? Who's who's cash rich and hasn't got a club? I have no Maybe idea. Maybe Brunei. I'm sure those tar- <laughs> the targets will reveal themselves in time, mate, I'm sure. Uh, in all honesty, that's probably another private equity fund, isn't it? Bastards. It's going to be another consortium, I reckon. Yeah, almost certainly going to be US. US seems to be the major thing now. Oh, actually, but, hot take. Here we go. You'll like this. What about Sir Jim Ratcliffe, who was after Chelsea and United? Now Liverpool's ooh, that's a possibility. True. Yeah. I would. I don't know enough about him, but I wouldn't mind that. I mean, of of all the people, 
I feel like he at least has a reasonable handle of football because he already owns Nice. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he's got the multi-club model. Yeah, wants an English I club. Get that. Yeah, watch that space. Watch that space. But shall we move on? Yeah. To the greatest of all times game down on the south coast. So that was a really poor, messy reference that I just wasn't going to be able to pull off. Southampton <laughs> one, Newcastle four. <laughs> Goodness me! This was the end. The end of Wreck-It Ralph. We can confirm he's. Oh gone. yes. And the rumours are Nathan Jones from Luton Town has been very strongly linked and is in advanced talks with them now. Um. I can't say I disagree with getting rid of Ralph. No. No shame in getting hammered by Newcastle, but they do look lost. Yeah. So Nathan Jones is a, a good shout. A high potential coach, really. Got Luton into the playoffs last season when their expectations to, were to avoid relegation. So it'd be interesting. You assume he's good at working with youth players and young players. Bloody hope that so. is Southampton's squad. Yeah. 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 Does kind of scream of uh, just giving up on the season and preparing for the championship next year but you know we won't, we won't write them off that, that this quickly because Southampton do have a good squad mm. and better than the one performing currently so no, let's they've got, they've got a German international mate they've got a German international yeah centre back they've honestly got a good Come squad on. but I feel like everyone's got a good squad it's just unbelievably competitive this year you can't really s- you sit there and just, just keep just saying that and strikers. get hammers yeah they can't score goals. I mean, their their main goal threat is a left back, Perro, which is just that's all wrong. That's not I know, right. I know it's that as well. I thought this guy is the only reason they score goals. I swear, the lot every time I watch them, yeah. he's the only guy scoring or assisting. And it was a great goal. Let's just yeah, start and finish on Southampton because there goal. is not a lot to say really. But an excellent goal from Proud, and as you say, it was time for Ralph to go. Unfortunately. Hmm. I mean, yeah, they missed some. Pretty plum chances in the first half. Oh, and you see, missed from five yards out. Oh, yeah. Missed the goal. Yeah. Adams had a volley, which was an easy shot on target minimum to miss the goal. Like, they're just rubbish in front of goal, and that's it, yeah. really. Newcastle were just super clinical. I think they both had the same XG, but shows the golfing class, doesn't it? Oh, it's thanks to one man any... and one man only. Let's just start with him. He is the main man. Oh, man. Miggy Almiron. The man, it's his world, mate. We're myth. just living in it. Honestly, it's actually a joke now. Like, we we, we laughed at first, didn't we? First couple of goals, couple of games. Ha ha ha! You know, Almiron, look, he's finding ha ha ha. Seven goals, seven games. Now it's getting like, oh my god, maybe this guy is no joke. And it's just the variety and the quality of the goals that we're seeing, Jack. That really scare me. Mm-hmm. It's not even like these yes, tappings. He's this is like genuine world class. If Messi was doing it, it'd be all over, all over TikTok, social media. We'd be sitting there screaming, go. Like, this is the level of goals that he's scoring. And again, this one was a banger. I'm pretty sure he just went round one guy in the box before yeah, just slotting just, in. He, like, went round one way, sort of bird campy, and then, yeah, just great dribble, great finish. Honestly, he's showcasing new skills every week at the moment. And I know it's hyperbolic, but he is honestly playing like Pete Salah or Robin right now. Like, he's just unstoppable coming off that right-hand side with his left foot. He's actually unstoppable. He's literally everything I thought Nicolas Pepe was going to be. Literally everything. He's, he's he's at this point he's better than Nicolas Pepe than what you thought Pepe could be. He, <laughs> I don't I don't actually understand. I can't think of a player who's had this much of a glow up. Because I mean, no, to be honest, no, I don't know either. He's fantastic. I don't, he's becoming a bit like Haaland earlier in the season where you kind of just run out of things to say because it's just so good. But he's just so consistent. He good. actually might. He might go to Real Madrid at this point. It's not even a joke anymore. 
But if he does, oh my goodness, the foreshadowing on that is crazy. But yeah, credit where credit's due. Like I think you summed it up well. Newcastle were just brutally clinical. And I feel like the rain, yeah. I don't know why, but Southampton couldn't hack it in the rain, whereas Newcastle went into overdrive. As soon as it started torrentially raining down, Newcastle just all over them, zipping about. Like Chris Wood's goal, for example, for the second. Just a turn of finish into the corner. He's got no right doing that, Chris Wood. You know what I mean? He's got no right doing He's that. He's got no right. He's got no right. It's <laughs> like complacent as you like. Just boop, skidded off the ground, past Bazzuni. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you make Chris Wood look yeah, that mate, good, same then... Same for Willock's goal. Just same for Willock's. Nice poke again. Yeah. Just zipped off the grass. And then yeah. obviously the big dog, Gimaresh, oh. another screamer just to cap it off at the end. Yeah. I mean, again, just a brutal, a brutal goal from Gamirish at the end. Brutal, brutal Bruno. He, uh, yeah, he's so good as well. He's, he he's is... going to have a hell of a World Cup, mate. Yeah. World Cup squad, uh, Brazil squad was announced he's in it. Jesus is in it as well. He's I think he's, he's up there yeah. with one of the best midfielders of the season as well, Gimarish. And that's saying something. Right now he's one of the best, he's one of the best in the world, mate, by default. Because he's like top three in the, in the Prem, so he's, the best yeah. of the world and the thing is he would walk into any midfield in the Prem any midfield now do you know what I mean yeah. without question yeah, yeah. Yeah. be a starter for any, any I feel like he's so adaptable he could fit any player just because he's so dynamic so oh enough superlatives about Newcastle well done Newcastle they are genuine I, I might even say they're title contenders at this point which is mental uh, yeah I mean I think it's inconceivable that they don't qualify for the Champions League because they, they're just absolutely battering teams at the moment and they don't concede any goals so yeah I think it's inconceivable that they don't finish in the top four which means there's just one spot left for all of these creaky big six clubs to try and compete yeah. for yeah it's looking yeah. that way now but it's, it's, a, it's a new age mate it's a new age it's an extraordinary season as well so just watch this. Don't but, yeah. forget, this time last year, they mm. were rock bottom of the Prem. They hadn't even won by Christmas. Oh, it's a crazy turnaround. It seems like a lifetime ago. They like they weren't meant to get to this point for at least another couple they of years. They haven't even gone full Galactico, really. Like, this is Miguel Ron, Turner's a world-class player, Jolington. It's most of the same players. Like, Dan Burns, not Galactico. Gimresh, okay, fine. But, yeah, you know I, what I mean? Oh, I know exactly what you mean. It's not that wild. No, it's like... It's like West Ham. West Ham will probably splurge the same amount of cash for Paqueta. You could compare that to Gimmerish mm-hmm. and Skamaka. It's just they've bought really well on top of... How did they buy so well? Like Dan Byrne seems like a great signing for 10 mil. You know what I mean? That's just a fantastic signing. Kieran Trippier was a brilliant signing. Um, he's he's the best. I mean, his, his stats alone, defensive work, unreal. He's one of the most creative players in the entire league. Nailed on, mate. He's a heart and soul of the Newcastle side. He's nailed on to start for England, I think. I think so. There Especially, no dispute. Yeah. And I, you know what? He's more than a, a suitable replacement for Rhys James. Because he is fantastic, Trippier. It's time to pay him his dues. He's so good. Yeah. And he's got set pieces, so we don't need we don't need to worry about that. You know? He's got that side locked down as well. Yeah. Right. Okay. I can't stand it anymore, mate. Right. Let's move on. Should we? No. Should we have a break before we go into the final three games? Let's take a break. Perfect. Right. Well done, Newcastle. You win. You're going to be the next super club up there with City. <laughs> Hope you're happy in your sad little life. <laughs> well, 
welcome back to From the Backseat Football Podcast. We are going to run through the last three games. What have we got first? Let's have a look. Nottingham 2, Brentford 2. This was actually a really good game. A really good game to watch against two teams that were really going for it. Full of controversy, full of scandalous penalty attempts. It was it was a mad one, for sure. It was. So, I mean, I don't even know where to begin. Game of four pens, mate. <laughs> a game of four pens. I feel bad for the referees. Everything's a pen, or nothing's a pen. Yeah. I think just give them all personally. That's my thoughts. You you you've I mean, given look, up on pens. Just go, you're just you're just like handing them out. I actually don't you're care actually done. I, I can't be bothered with it. <laughs> I mean, look, this game annoyed me. I mean, look, the foul on Dennis looked like a penalty to me. That was a pen. Got chopped a yeah, little bit. Yeah, like a pen. If if De Bruyne was De Bruyne's. a pen, yeah, exactly. That was my logic. Yep. Second penalty, just got pushed in the back like Trent's, like Cancelo. So. Probably a pen, maybe not a pen. I personally think it's a pen because I think Trent should have been a pen. Yeah. That's two, two out of two. The third one was given as a pen. Arguably wasn't a pen, just a small tackle. Oh. On the <laughs> him. Just remembering it all. Oh, I don't know. Oh. I mean, I can't see how that one was given. Yeah. Every, right, every time a striker goes around a goalie, they make contact. They jump over, maybe yeah. they get clipped a little bit, and then they score. Yeah. It was such a soft little touch. It was like his wrist limply like whacked against his shin. It's not going to send a yeah. grown man going over. And it is like, if the other two weren't pens, how is that one not a pen? Exactly. And then, of course, there was the fourth one. Gibbs White tripping over Ben Mee's training leg. Pen. Not given. So, <laughs> in my book of pens, that's four out of four penalties. If, if, if he'd just given no pens, were robbed, then it would have been mightily fine. You know, like that's completely fair, but the fact that you've given one out of three when all three are quite comparable is yeah, you just it's just like putting petrol on a on a on a, on a small fire, to be honest with you. Um and Scandalous. it was fun. It's a bigger problem, though. It was fun to see Henderson absolutely like, lose his rag, to be fair. I'm surprised he wasn't. He was very that. lucky, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was very lucky. Yeah. He was very lucky indeed. So yeah, tell me tell me what do you think about this yeah, whole mate. penalty issue that we've got going on at the moment? It's just it's just part of being a problem, mate. Like everything's a pen, which means if I'm a player, what's the best way to score? Especially if I'm not that good in front of goal. Just try and get a pen. Like just do anything. If I grapple someone and they grapple me, I just fall over, that's a pen. Mm. If I just kick it at their arm, that's a pen. If I do anything, if they like go shoulder to shoulder, if I shoulder barge them and then they're bigger than me and I fall over, that's probably a pen. Basically, everything's a pen, so why even try and play football? Just try and win penalties. It is becoming very clear that, yeah, everyone's just looking for a pen now. They're just looking for a nice, easy pen to you know, get an easy goal with. And it's, it's a shame, isn't it? Because they know it's going to the VAR. It actually mm-hmm. has changed. If anything, it's made the whole simulation yeah. side of things worse because they know that there's, there's more than one opinion. So, yeah. And now they just slow it down and then they're like, ooh, then they overthink it. But whatever. There'll be plenty more penalties and VAR to get annoyed about oh, next, next yes. podcast. Oh yes, as there is that's every a, week. That's not if that's not a hot take. That's a very cool room temperature take. So let's tell you what, let's um, focus on goals that weren't pens. And you're right to start with Gibbs White's goal. What a goal. Hello Morgan. You've arrived. Suddenly that forty two mil kind of makes sense yeah, if he's got that in his locker. Oh uh, yeah, I don't I don't really know what kind of player he is. I assumed he wasn't, but he's playing like as a false nine, so he's he just confuses me. I think he's like a can. I'm getting Loftus Cheek vibes yeah, about but... him. I don't really know where he's supposed to play, but he's surprisingly technical. 
Um, like good at dribbling. But yeah, it's a good goal, man. First goal for Forest. So hopefully more to come. They do. They do have a lot of options up front, don't they? I mean, they basically changed the whole forward line, and it works. But they've also got Lingard. They've got um, Awaniyi. They've probably got another four, realistically. So they do have options. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like it's just a bit. They have so many options up front. I just has Steve Cooper settled on a team yet? I just don't know. No, he probably never will, mate. Realistically. Mm. It's impossible. Yeah, I suppose so. When you've got like twenty new team players all wanting to play, I suppose it's hard. I do feel like he's yeah. got an extreme. He's made it, for his first season in the Prem. They have made it extremely hard on poor Steve Cooper, though. I know, like it's, it's probably he, a manager- he deserves his big contract. He does, and maybe his payout at the end of it. He deserves it. Yeah, just being a good lad, putting up with it. Oh, yeah, I just think he's been given the impossible However, job. But yeah, go on. Man of the match. Wissar in for Ivan Tony. more on him momentarily but yeah mate if there's one player you don't want to try and replace it's Ivan Tony. and then also to win a penalty again not an enviable enviable position to try and replicate probably the second best penalty taker in England mm. but mate won the penalty scored the penalty and then a gorgeous gorgeous lob for the second Ooh, goal oh yeah just, just a great great goal so he He's a great backup. I don't even know him. I'm not familiar with his work, but I liked what I saw. No, I do not know much about him, but that lob was lovely, wasn't it? I just love the way that Henderson gave up on it straight away. It's a sign of a good lob when you can mm-hmm. see the impending doom, but you were completely helpless to, as, as to saving it. So, yeah, he more than made up for Tony. That's, That's the ingredient. Where was Tony then? Was he just Was yeah. he just suspended, was he? Well... Bit of controversy around Ivan Tony at the moment, and he might be in a bit of trouble for the World Cup. Oh, there are allegations that he's been betting on football many years ago, pre Brentford. Oh no! Um, but footballers aren't allowed to bet on football now. I don't believe that he was betting on his own games, but there's just a blanket ban of betting on football matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and something that's enforced quite. It's being looked into. So if he's found guilty, he's going to be banned for a period from football. So he was out of the team Ooh. while that investigation's ongoing. It's so not looking good, bruv. It's not looking good, bruv. Ooh. Not looking good for that World Cup spot. So everything's looking all Callum Wilson, which is exactly why Callum Wilson's about to get injured. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's real. That's awful timing, that. I wonder if someone at FIFA's pulling the strings. Mm-hmm. That seems too coincidental to me. Must be fearing his penalty technique. Can't take him to the World Cup. Well, watch that space. You know, the problem is with these inquiries, space, it can go man. on for so long. And if you're suspended for until pending the results of the inquiry, then you could be out for the rest of the season, feasibly. I know, mate. It's hard to know, but mate, if we're in this form, don't even worry about it. Wow. Well, I hope that gets resolved in the next couple of weeks, but I won't hold my breath. Anything else on uh, Nottingham Brentford? Just wanted to say, I really enjoyed the goal line scramble in the nice sixth minute. Like, <laughs> it's just so fun. And I really felt sorry for Ben Mee, who managed to clear the ball off the goal line, but it just got over and he just he just crumpled. He just crumpled on the turf like a broken man. As you would. And I just I really like that because this, but this is Ben Mee, and Ben Mee hates conceding goals. So you know he's gone home and he's been fucking livid. He's not said a word <laughs> to anyone. 
he's livid <laughs> and I enjoyed that Mate, so I, just just how how much it took it out of him he's such a, such a dedicated defender I think someone needs to reach out to Ben to make sure that he's alright let him know that there's still more games to get clean sheets and I guess there is nothing worse <laughs> than a, a last minute equaliser but also especially where you think yeah, you scramble it. on top of it God, that is playing with your emotions 101 Ben good effort lad yeah good effort yeah you should go to the World Cup. You should, you but you it. won't. Anyway, moving on. Cheers, Gareth. Everton nil, yeah. <laughs> Leicester two. Um, wow, what a result for Leicester. Let's start with Leicester, who are on the up and are finally showing signs of life after a terrible start, to be perfectly honest with you. Yes, they are, mate. And they are being led by Tielemans, just scoring absolute worldies. That is two worldies in three games and one against City, which smashed the crossbar. So I'm not really sure what's going on with him, if he's suddenly being given licence to shoot or what. But my running theory is that he's just putting himself in the shop window ahead of the World Cup because he's still running down that yeah, contract. That right. And in January, that's a lumpy pre-contract that you can get if you start banging the goals now and score one scream at the World Cup, mate. That's another 50k on your contract, I think. So, that's my working theory. That's actually a very good point. Yeah. I mean, there is actually, I think there is some data that backs up that you see an uptick in performance in, in players, you know, their contract is run is, is running down because they have that extra incentive to try and get a contract elsewhere. So, the problem is though, is that surely there can't just be an uptick, uptick in, in screamers. You know, like, if in 50 years, if someone looks yeah, at a compilation but- of Tielemans at Leicester... They'll think he'll be like a generational midfielder. Because it'll just be wonder goal after wonder goal after wonder he goal. He is supposed to be. He's supposed to be. It's true. He's supposed to be. He's long been he's, heralded, he, hasn't he's he? He's a wonder kid. He is supposed yeah, to he be. he was an original wonder kid. So, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes up several levels and we're all like, wow. Because, I mean, like, Modric was like quite a slow burner, wasn't he? Like, he left Tottenham at, what, like, 26? Mm. And, like, we were like, Modric is good. And then he's just, every year, he's just got better and better until now everyone considers him like the best midfielder in the world age like 35 so you never know maybe one of the best ever Modric but yeah it's a good point he's he's not exactly built for pace is he Tielemans he's just a very technical player and that's something that he can always improve um, yeah 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 no I'm I'm quite happy for Leicester to be honest I, I like them as, as a Premier League club I would have I would have hated them to have even you know consider them going down and I think it's a real vindication of them not sacking Rodgers it's been a season where, yeah, I can't believe you know, it. Like t- teams are actually showing a bit of patience. You look at Jesse Marsh, you look at Steve Cooper, Brendan Rodgers. Of course, there's always going to be some firings, but yeah, no, it's just nice to see that that decision was justified and vindicated. And yeah, long may it continue. I don't, I, I don't think it was a decision of the heart, mate. It was a decision of the wallet. <laughs> True. Regardless, it's all worked out. At the end. I'm going to pretend it was sentimental. Um, I never thought I'd see the day where Leicester are not conceding any goals anymore and just comfortably beating people. Mm. I mean, they're both teams that like are aiming for the same spot, right? They're both aiming for sort of 7th, 8th, yeah. realistically. So it shows that they're pretty decent. There's still a difference. And Jesper Hall I thought was really nice in this game. Madison was really good. Probably, probably scandalous, but I don't think Madison's going to be on that plane still, despite the fact that he has had 22 goal involvements since the start loss. It's actually criminal, no, it's it's criminal if he doesn't get on the plane now. If you're more than Raheem, more than Grealish, more than Saka, more than Mason Mount, more than Foden, 
More than Mason Mount. If I'm being really honest, what has Mason Mount done this season to warrant going ahead of Madison? If it's purely on form, nothing. On form, no question, Madison should start. In a nice 4-2-3-1. Oh, yeah. Foden on one side, Saka on the other, Harry up front. Yes, mate. A man can dream, but as we approach ever closer, you see that looming five at the back with two defensive midfielders. Let's go. Five, two, three. (laughs) Let's fucking go. (laughs) Fuck sakes. Oh, well. Should we have a word on Everton? I feel like, although Frankie, and we have praised Frankie, a fair amount on this pod. He does need to to tie up these kind of. He needs they need to be more competitive. Everton game by game. I felt like with DCL back, well, they would have just posed more of a threat, but it didn't really happen this game. And I don't know if that's just rustiness on DCL's part. Um, but Leicester are certainly a team up for a taking as well. Yeah, agreed. I mean, DCL had one one very good chance to score and just a rubbish finish, which was a shame because. It was Iwobi who played a nice free ball. Alex Iwobi's got five assists this season, which is more than he's got for the last three seasons. Combined. Bloody hell. So, mate, he's fully revitalised in this central area. Fair. So that is the one bright light. Apart from that, Everton are pretty pretty dire, to be honest. And, yeah, I think they haven't won in like five, game, five games now. So they're actually sliding back down the table. Yeah, and he takes a couple more losses to get back into that sort of murky oh, 14th it, to 19th spot. It's very tight down there. Very, it's only six points between 20th and 11th. So fine margins. Fine, mate. fine margins. And you know, speaking of one team who, after a crucial win at the weekend, has now climbed up into the top half of the table. Let's move on to Crystal Palace. West Ham one, Crystal Palace two. Massive, massive win for Palace. Who? For all their pretty football and exciting squad, haven't been picking up the results to match, but that's now two on the bounce for them. And they shoot up the table. They shoot up the table, and it was a great win again. And another last-minute goal. This is, it, was a, it was a weekend for it this weekend, wasn't it? Definitely, definitely. And I think they deserved it overall. Um, it's an interesting, because again, just like Leicester, Everton, it's two teams that you put in the same sort of category of where they're aiming all four of these teams are aiming for eighth, realistically. That's crazy, that, isn't it? Best of the rest yeah. kind of category. Yeah. So it was interesting to see who come out on top. And um, nice little bit of history with the goal scorer of the first goal, Ben Rama. He was let go by Patty V at Nice. So, of course, he scored an absolute screamer in this game. No, was he? I didn't know that. He didn't shush him. No, he didn't shush him. But he was let go. I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, so, lovely bit of personal nice history. Nice subplot there. Yeah. Fair. Well played, Ben Rama. Uh, the main man Eze was very good again his pressing directly yeah. to the goal for Zaha mate get him on that oh, plane get, get him, him on, on the plane. plane find a way to get him on that plane is he I think we talked about this last time he's still eligible isn't he you just never see his name chucked about really like he just kind of goes under the radar but we know that he does have a pension Southgate South, uh, for Crystal Palace players so hopefully he's been watching closely because yeah I do think he could bring something to to the squad that is for sure yeah just something a bit different yeah. I mean I'm a fan but ask me who I take out and I really couldn't tell you probably Grealish realistically yeah yeah but I can't really do that so why even bother talking about it we, we move on super excited um, to see that squad release yeah same same that's going to be that's going to be an interesting one um, 
Gehi fouled Antonio. I actually don't remember. I've written it in my notes, but I don't remember what happened. Um, I can't remember either. Oh, yeah, I remember. It was so light and it got overturned. But yeah, like I said, mate, everyone's just playing for penalties. The old Antonio would have stayed on his feet. You do? Yeah, oh, this season. is it. You know, Are you are you losing a chance to score by going down in the hope that you get a penalty? You know? I don't know. Yeah, it's just playing the margins. Chances are you'll get it. So why not? Fuming. Um, and then yeah just a nice really nice ending like Antonio with the break 95th minute runs all the way up the pitch kind of doesn't really do anything and then just gives the ball away for a goal kick guy who just hoops it long to yeah. he plays it to Elise who then just bends in a deflected shot all within the same sort of passage of play to win the game so very fine that is a sucker punch points for Palace. massive for Palace and mm. I'm, I'm happy to see it you know I mean you know a couple more games and they might be back in 16th that's the nature of this league at the moment but you do feel like Palace are one of these exciting young squads that under Pat EV seem to really be developing something quite special and I can see the progress that they're making definitely um, so yeah no it's wicked good win and is it a worry for David Moyes at West Ham they have been incredibly patchy this year Languishing down in 15th at the moment. I think they're okay. I think they're okay. I think they're fine. Be interesting to see how it develops for the uh, when we go for the World Cup break, what positions everyone's in. But yes, let's move on to the final segment, the final area of business. You are right. What have we got? Hit and with it. Yes. Well, there's an extra special little bonus, bonus point. Champions League draw. Nice. Knockout round. It's out. Um, so mate we haven't really decided what we're going to do in this section so I'm just going to talk about things I'm interested in and then you can talk about things you're interested <laughs> okay. in and we can wrap this up <laughs> um, quick rundown of the draw so RB Leipzig um, against Manchester City Club Bruges against Benfica Liverpool versus Real Madrid love that mm-hmm. AC Milan versus Tottenham I like mm-hmm. that too Frankfurt Napoli Borussia Dortmund Chelsea I really like yeah. that into Milan Porto and then PSG yeah. also very spicy very it's spicy. a lot of good games mate, this knockout round yeah man I feel like this might have been quite fixed Obviously, because this is some very competitive last 16 matches really really good matchups I think like Dortmund Chelsea makes all kinds of sense PSG Bayern makes so, so much, much sense. sense it's so good this for Real Madrid yeah. so much sense yeah and then AC Milan Tottenham even Leipzig City like it's like two modern clubs as well, like nouveau rich clubs, that kind of makes sense too. And then the dark horse derby of Bruges versus Benfica. Yeah. So one of them is guaranteed to be in the quarter final. No, I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy with the Benfica Napoli draws because I feel like both of those teams have got a passageway into the quarters, and they, on their day, can upset any team out of these lot, out of these sixteen. Yeah. yeah. I, I, could, I honestly, I said it to you last time, but I still think Benfica can make a very surprise run to the final. And looking at this draw, backs it up. I think they have too much for Bruges. Although Bruges are showing they're, no, they're there on merit, that's for sure. And yeah, it's going to be yeah, exciting, no for sure. What's the tie that you're most yeah, looking mate. forward to oh. beyond Liverpool-Madrid? Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm saying. PSG Bayern Munich. Has, has to, to be, be right? has to be, doesn't has it? Be. Two teams that look really dangerous. It's almost a blessing for the competition that one of them's going out at this stage. Yeah, definitely. So I, I like the look of that one. That'll, that'll be a classic for sure. But yeah, as a Liverpool fan, 
I'm glad we got Madrid. Are you? <laughs> Another opportunity for vengeance. Probably won't play out that way because we're not very good. But mate, you never, you never bet against Liverpool. Nah. It'd be quite nice to dump them out at the last 16 as well. Get rid of that. Especially in a two-legged. Two-legged, we are imperious. One-off finals, not so much. But. Oh, hold on. They're the only Spanish team left in the competition. You've got to do it. You've got to dump them out in the quarters. Dump You've them. got to dump them. And then yeah. the Liga will just self-implode. Javier Tebas will be calling out all the states, all the oil states. He'll be going mental. Honestly, they'll create their own Spanish Super League or something. They'll go mental. So I'm it's got to be done just I'm for the meltdown. It. We need to tighten up a lot more. Because Vinicius Junior versus Trent's going to give you nightmares. Oh, he's got a couple of months. months, He's got a couple months just to prepare for Vinicius. And Vinicius might be knackered after the World Cup, so we can dream, we can hope. But I think yeah, Liverpool, Madrid. I imagine Trent's very well rested. I don't imagine Trent's getting (laughs) if he even makes it. (laughs) But yeah, for me, (laughs) just keep him at home, mate. I think so. Let him rest. But Madrid, Liverpool, yeah, PSG, Bayern Munich, definitely the two. Uh, my two favourite ties to look forward to although I think Dortmund and Chelsea as you say will be a very interesting game mm-hmm. and yeah just I agree with that Champions League wouldn't like to call it no who do you think is going to win the Champions League mate. before we round this off City mate told you City City, City still yeah okay okay I think Bayern Munich still for some reason I just think Bayern have got it this year but actually saying that, I think they might Messi, struggle mate. to get past PSG if this is a Messi masterclass because there's a bit of a renaissance from Messi this year. He's just acting like the best player in the world again. So I mean, it's not out. It's unlikely, but there's a chance that by the time we get to the quarterfinals, both Man City and Bayern Munich are out, and we just look like absolute mugs again. So let's, <sighs> let's see. How I goes. can't wait. I can't say I'll be unhappy. I'll happily look like a mug if that's the case. You know what I mean? <laughs> Me too. Mate. There's going to be some big losses from the competition, yeah. So, yeah, watch that space. But yes, anyway, yeah. shall we sign this off? It's time to wrap it up. Yeah, it's been a long one. But we'll be back mid-week, because it's the Carabao. And we'll probably talk about the England squad as well, so that'll be fun. We'll know who's in, who's out, and all of that. Lovely um, stuff. And yeah, more news on the World Cup, World Cup uh, squad. We'll probably do like a preview episode in advance, um, just so everyone can get used to the new hosts. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be sick, mate. <laughs> so yeah, follow us on Insta, follow us on Twitter. Love it, listen to it, and thanks for listening. I completely agree with those sentiments, Jack. Have a good week. I shall catch up with you a bit later. Thank you very much. You too. Thank you.